Crime Curious is a true crime podcast that takes an in-depth look into real cases. The content may be triggering or inappropriate for some audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Crime Curious. I'm Sharnel, your host. And with me back again for part two is Megan, who is a longtime friend. Hello. And I if you, stuck around. You told I, me I was being held hostage. So. You, you basically are. I wasn't letting you leave. She's here against her will, everyone. No, I'm not. There's <laughs> wine. That's true. Where there's wine, there is, there is fun. Oh, with, God. I thought you were going to say where there's wine, there's Megan. And no. I'm like, first of all. No. First of all, that's unfair because you got here first. Shout out. Right. <laughs> I just brought a beverage to share. You did, which I appreciate. I really do. So Megan joins us for this case uh, through her perspective lens as a lawyer and as a judge serving in our town. So Megan and I used to work uh, child abuse and neglect cases. She was the prosecutor. I was a CPS worker. And for them, in this case, is heavy. This has every single abuse known to the law essentially scarily we've seen excuse me we've seen a lot of this Mm -hmm. also yeah it's very rare that there's ever really just one type of abuse right anyway but this one has it all if you haven't listened to part one please go back and do so because you have missed everything essentially um leading up to this 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 is the story of lauren cavanaugh and where i left you she's in the hospital They are discovering the extent of her sexual abuse, the extent of her neglect. She was 25 pounds, 25 pounds, six ounces when she was admitted and she was eight years old. Right. For some reference, the last known time that she went to the doctor was when she was 18 months old and she was 23 pounds at that point in time. So for six years living with her biological mother and stepfather, Ken and Barbie Atkinson, she had gained two pounds that entire time. And really that isn't in any sort of weight. That is just the little bit of growth that her bones did. Right. I mean, truly. It was more loss than yes. anything else. Yes, so. absolutely. So she has just underwent some reconstructive uh, surgeries from the extent of her sexual abuse that was required. Uh, something else that I had covered They were slowly bringing her back from her emaciated state, which had to be done carefully because she didn't have the enzymes and acids that were needed in her digestive system anymore to be able to digest solid foods. Right. So she needed slow, prolonged um, intervals of feeding. I really thought this was so sweet. The nurses, she she was begging for food when she was in hospital. Okay. The nurses would give her a little timer. Yeah. And they tell her when the timer goes off, you can eat again. Oh, that's so cute. Because they had to help her understand time and frame, you know, have a frame of reference for her. She's eight. She has no idea. She's been locked in a closet this entire time. So a majority of yeah, the but time. Imagine that. Instead of thinking that they were just going to starve her like she yes. has been her whole life, she knew and had the comfort right. that as soon as that timer went off, she gets food again. She gets food. Yes. Yep. So they compared... Um, her condition to what they saw after prisoners of war in World War II. Okay. Um, there were some touch and go moments for her in the hospital. After about a week of her being admitted, she went into shock for several hours, according to the court records. 
She her blood pressure dropped, her heart raced, and she went into respiratory arrest. Uh, for some reason, and one that they can't really fully explain, her heart just wouldn't stop beating. It should have many times, and it didn't. She's like a medical miracle. The state that her organs were in of failure when they brought her, they don't understand how her heart hadn't given up. It trained itself to survive like it that. How long was she close to death? So Years. Right, right, exactly. She had been malnourished the entire six years she'd been with her mom. They know that she was locked in. We'll get more to the story of what Ken and Barbie end up saying. The entire time that she was in that trailer that they found her in, they had lived there for about a year, she was in that closet the whole time. Previous, remember I had mentioned that they jumped around, they moved around a lot? Yes. They had different variations of holes for Lauren to be in in previous places that they lived. So we know of a couple of them that I can um, share with you here in just a little while. Um, so when she's in in the hospital, you know, the nurses and doctors, no one had ever really seen abuse to this extent and nurses being the kind-hearted people that they are, everyone wanted to stop by and make her feel comforted. But it was also like they were afraid that it was too much stimulation for her. So they had to start putting limits on who could have contact with Lauren because she needed consistency and she needed stability in that way. She didn't need more strangers. Also, we will find out that her mother sold her to men for sex so strangers coming in was a trigger sure. as well, you know, of course, even if they are being really sweet. But the doctors were saying, you know, she has a right to her privacy. She has a right for, you know, the appropriate developmental stimulation. So we kind of needed to put parameters on there. But once this hit the media, you media, you guys, this was a, I mean, it's a reporter's wet dream. Right. A case like this. So there are the hospital's being flooded with balloons and stuffed animals and outpouring of love for her, for her. And so much so that they had to like put them in a special room in the hospital. And then the nurses that were assigned to her each day would pick a, a fun present from that room and bring it to her. So, so I'm just got, smiling because yeah. this girl who thought she was two, because yep. she only ever had two, two birthdays, birthday parties. Mm hmm. Is, yep. is just getting showered with, with gifts mm -hmm. and love at this point. Yep, yep, she is. As I said, the, the news spread everywhere, okay? And something that I enjoyed, I didn't really need to include this, but I just wanted to because we'll all get enjoyment out of this because it spread so rapidly. Oh, anytime that Ken and Barbie were led, like, say, out of the police station to go into the courthouse on what um, they called their perp walks, people were spitting on them were shouting at them. I mean, just giving them the, the it was like a mob. It was just, the least of what they deserved. It was. So they were, sure arrest, they were arrested that night then. They were arrested that well, night. Well, he was because he was there. She Yes, they found her at the honky tonk. Okay. Mm -hmm. And brought all of her voluptuous self in. Yep, sure did. To the jail. Yep. Mm -hmm. Okay, mm -hmm. perp walk. So yep. I like that. I'm, yep. I'm going to keep she's, that term. She's doing her perp walks. Okay. They're both doing their perp walks. And the media is covering it, but the local mob is there to tell them exactly what the community thinks of them, of what they did to this little girl. And I, I just love it. So, but here's the thing. All this is being played out in the media. So guess who sees it? Her real parents. Yes. Her adoptive parents, Sabrina 
and Bill Cavanaugh. What happened is Bill calls Sabrina. She was working at a Dairy Queen that night. And he's like, uh, what were Barbie and Ken's full names? Oh, my God. Because the media is using their full name, you know. And she tells them, and she's like, Sabrina, they're on TV, and they have been arrested for child neglect, child endangerment, like all of these, you know, charges. And they just knew they knew it was, it was Lauren. Her. They have This family has six kids, but the Kavanaugh's knew it was Lauren that they were arrested for. Yeah, because when they asked why she was doing this, she said because it cost her mom too much money for the lawyer. Yep, $650. They knew mm-hmm. she didn't love her, period. They did. At the beginning. And they knew, and she said the minute that the, la- the when they had to put Lauren in her arms, they knew that she was going to abuse them or, or abuse her. And they did. It took them three days to convince the police and Child Protective Services that they were Lauren's adoptive parents. And when they met up with the district attorney, the district attorney was really gentle with them and said, I'm going to show you photos so you can identify if this really is Lauren, but it's going to be hard. Like, you need to prepare yourself. Good. That's a good PA. Oh, yeah. Yes. And I can't imagine what it was like for them. It was described in the, the book of they were, you know, Sabrina was just fell to the floor and was just a mess. I mean, emotionally, I, I don't know how you see pictures of the child that you love in that sort of state. To see anyone and then a, sure. let alone but to see the child you love. Because if you've ever mm-hmm. been through the Holocaust Museum in like Washington, mm-hmm. D.C., and they said that she looked most yes. similarly yep. to a Holocaust, uh, yep. in tears as soon as you walk in mm-hmm. the room. And there are pictures of her. I will post them. Just okay. fair warning that it is very, they are difficult to look at. It's exactly what she looks like, a, a Holocaust survivor. They first just have the Kavanaugh's observing Lauren from afar. Okay, so not to just overstimulate her, just, just to get the Kavanaugh's familiar with where she's at cognitively, kind of her mannerisms, you know, those sorts of things. So they spend some time just observing her before the doctor's introduce her said you know this um this one doctor susan scott is the main pediatrician for lauren and when during her time during the hospital and she's like hey this is sabrina and bill cavanaugh do you mind if we sit down and lauren looks up and says is this my new mom and dad oh she was ready well right and it took them by surprise because nobody had talked to them about having a new mom and talked to her excuse me about having a new mom and dad at all so the doctors were almost like, did she kind of somehow remember that Maybe. she used to know them? That there was like a familiarity there? You because, were an early childhood development specialist. Tell us in well, eight months when you bond to a right, human. Right. Did she, Charnel? Right. Well, quite frankly, though, she was in their life. They were a regular part of her life until she was 20 months old. Right. So absolutely at eight years old, all of that stuff isn't gone for her. You know, maybe now as she's 29, you know, today, it would be harder for her to recall, but not when she's eight. Right. And it was just so astounding to them because they were like, no one has said anything to her. They have not mentioned the words mom and dad for fear that it would trigger her, you know, and be difficult. Sabrina Cavanaugh from that moment was there every day and night. Um, Lauren could only eat small meals, but she would have like six or seven meals a day from being starved so long. Which is apparently how we're supposed to eat as humans anyway. (laughs) Yes, it is. It really is. But she, um, so she had her little watch and she looked at it constantly. And when it would go off, she would be very excited because she would get food. But the thing is, 
she still hoarded it. Okay, so she'd take two bites of a banana and then she'd hide the rest in her pillowcase. Her other reflexes were a little bit less predictable for them. They they expected the food hoarding. Absolutely. That's a lifelong struggle, you know, that she just can't get herself out of. There were certain places, like, she did not like to be touched. Period. Just no. not touched at all? Not touched at all. And after her medical procedures, she ended up having four reconstructive medical procedures from the sexual abuse. If she was suffering, she wanted to suffer alone. She did not want anybody in a room with her. Okay. She was used to that solitude. Um, so they did discover that. And, they, you know, they're learning. I, the doctors even say, like, at this point in time, they had, didn't have a child that had been this significantly abused. abused to this point. All of the abuses to the you know maximum degree so they're learning as well um they would try to soothe her she would flinch but then in the same token if she wasn't suffering after one of you know in pain after one of her reconstructive surgeries then she didn't want to be alone she was scared to be alone she wanted people in there with her yes but not to be touched just yes. in the room with just her. in the room with her she wanted people with her but if she was in pain she wanted to be alone. Okay. One afternoon, they actually, the Kavanaugh's actually took her outside and she was walking around barefoot. She started screaming because she thought that something was biting her feet because she had never felt grass on oh, her feet before. My yeah. heart. I know. She s- slowly starts to gain weight, get her strength back. They know her brain had atrophied from the malnutrition. So she was definitely intellectually delayed, intellectually intellectually delayed i said it right the first time said it wrong the second time and don't know why i felt like i had to repeat it yeah don't correct yourself Uh, but then there was no way to know at that point in time if she was ever going to catch up so if you think about it megan during those six years those are like the most pivotal years in child development as you know and so when other kids are being hugged and told that they're smart and that they're going to be okay she was being tortured honestly they didn't have big expectations for her future, okay? And rightfully so. I mean, they don't want to set the bar too high because they don't know where the bar's at. They don't know what they're dealing with. No, her brain developed this way without all of the nurture mm-hmm. that human, mm-hmm. most mammal babies get. Get, exactly. So when she was released into the care of the Kavanaugh's, the pediatrician was really stern and said, listen, you need to understand She's not mentally, the words that they used back then, she's not mentally retarded. So we would say now she's not cognitively impaired. Yep, yep, exactly. I was reading a direct quote. Oh, I know. Mm -hmm. Yep, exactly. And they said, don't treat her that way. Okay. Like, be careful not to treat her that way because just because her brain had atrophied does not mean that it can't catch up. And I, yes, that's exactly what I thought too. What year was this now then? This is 1995. I'm sorry, 2001. Right. 95, 95 was when, when she was yeah. given back. So yeah. 2001. So, so that makes sense. They're starting to know this stuff mm-hmm. then. Okay. Yep. And so I wanted to include this, uh, this quote from the doctor, Susan Scott. She said, we've had children who've been beaten. We've had children who've been starved. We've had children who've been sexually abused and neglected and psychologically abused. But we've never had a child who's had it all to this extent. Only bad of advice that, that she had for the Kavanaugh's was she is not cognitively impaired. Sure. Don't treat her that way. Good luck. She was tortured. Yep. Have, so, we, we will learn right along with you. 
keep her, you know, obviously they have a slew of pediatricians, psychologists, play therapists. There's a play therapist who volunteered through Child Protective Services oh, to work I love with that. her. Good. And they learned a lot. How would she know how therapy. to play, right? Right, right. Any of it. Right. And they knew that. They knew she doesn't know how to play. So anything she does reenact, that's how we know what's happened to her. Oh, I have had these cases in yes. neglect and abuse. Yes. The, and so with the dolls in the dollhouse? Mm-hmm. This is how we put all of the pieces of the puzzle together as much as we ever will. Okay. So you guys might at this point in time be wondering, how the hell did this go on for so long? You know, there are five other kids in the house. The, they have families. Where are the fucking grandparents, right? Or school. School. She's eight. Or the other kids in school yes. who might talk about a sibling that... Lives in the closet. Lives in the closet. So Doris Calhoun, as I mentioned in the first episode, Doris, Doris said that she never saw darkness in her daughter. She said every time that they came to my house, Barbie and Kenny would sit on the couch and there'd be kids crawling all over them on their backs and hugging and kissing on them. And she said Lauren was a part of that. She wasn't standing off in the corner. She was a part of that crew. She said, certainly my daughter had flaws. She was lazy, a thief, a scam <laughs> artist. But when it came to her children, God damn it, she, had, she sensed tenderness. Doris, good old Doris, sent it, sensed it in her sixth sense, the tenderness of tenderness. her daughter. That's what she said. Now, let's note, Doris didn't say love. Here, she said tenderness. Also, she just says she's sensing it. What, what does that even mean, Megan? I'm, I'm sensing. I sense that maybe it might rain tomorrow, but it fucking might not. Right, but it, so if your knee tingles. <laughs> right. Or your hip hurts. For me, hurts. it's my ankle. Right. It's when my, my ankle hurts. My, that's my right hip. <laughs> yeah. She's sensing it. There's no, I saw tenderness other than to say, these kids are crawling all over them. They were hugging and kissing on them. At when? You mean when the court was involved, when they were trying to get Lauren back? What about because, the past six years? Right. And she's like, oh, she was she was a part of that. Then she said, she's like, I sense tenderness. And this is still her quote. But there was always a problem when it came to Lauren. Even though the Kavanaugh's lost in court, they wouldn't let her go. They volunteered to babysit every weekend, brought Lauren clothes and toys, and continued to refer to themselves as mommy and daddy. The problem wasn't the fact that Barbie got her back. It was the fact that the Kavanaugh's never left. They broke the parent-child relationship so it never was established strongly like it should have been. That's what happened between Lauren and Barbie. End fucking quote from fucking Doris. She blamed the Kavanaugh's? Sure did. For providing love and care and being upset that the child that they raised for two years was taken? Yeah. So on a legal technicality that she found... Not that her daughter saw out. She found the legal technicality. She paid the lawyer $650 to file the petition and get her back. And then was just like, here you go, Lauren. You're back with your mom. So is she implying that she has seen this child within the past year? I don't think she would have been stupid enough to say that. I don't know. So she sensed the tenderness. And like you you said... Perhaps that was when the court was involved. Right. She, and, but because also, that's the only time they were bringing gifts and stuff. Mm-hmm. They try, Like you said, they always continued to and basically kept a shrine of a yes, bedroom for this little gal. But their last time they saw her, her was after court. Yep. Before court. Before. Oh, it was the visit before court. It was the, visit, the last visit that they got before the court hearing. And so the other thing is, maybe she did sense tenderness. She was appropriately bonded to her other five children. 
And she even says that in her during the police investigation. Yeah. So are she there, knows that she's not bonded to Lauren? Are you going to get to that? Are yes. there any allegations of uh, abuse with the other children other than uh, the environmental neglect, uh, which right, is what we call right. a economic home. Uh, economical neglect? Right. Yeah. There's yes. There's that. No. There's not sexual abuse against the other kid. No. They didn't have the best discipline tactics, of course, but sure. nothing that rose to the level that CPS would remove for. Okay. I would argue from some of the pictures that I've seen of the state of the home, definitely rose to. Uh, to the degree where we would have filed a petition to remove to remove and then they would have cleaned 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 the home up up. Uh uh-huh and then we would have had no leg to stand on and then they'd move well i would have i would have returned to the children just to be honest yes you have to the home is clean yep the conditions changed and then they'd go to the next house and they'd do it all over again okay yes 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 cleaning was not her strong suit well, when you have a life for the honky tonk, <laughs> it's hard. Hard to in, find time. Gets in your heart. Yep, yep. So that part pissed me off. That Doris is literally blaming, saying Lauren never had a chance to bond with Barbie because of the Kavanaughs. No, she didn't want her. She made the loving choice. That was Doris's words. Out of her mouth as well. She made the loving choice to give her daughter up because she couldn't provide for her. That was a strong and loving choice. But then Doris intervenes and she gets this kid back and is now blaming the Kavanaugh's for having the bonded relationship with the child and Barbie not having. So many things make me sick about all of that, mostly because I'm sure a ton of your listeners are adopted or have adopted children. Mm -hmm. I have one. Mm -hmm. And... This was a situation where, just like you're comparing to in here, only the exact opposite in terms of it being at the hospital, where um, bio mom hugged on her and loved her and held her and were in, was in the hospital room for with her for 24, 48 hours with, with me, right? Mm-hmm. And then when we took her home, which was, of course, legal, mm-hmm. it's continuing to allow a relationship with bio mom if that's what she wanted. And this is how you raise a healthy child. Right. It would have been so easy for her to come back, Barbie, and yeah. say... You know, I'd really like a visit with my daughter. I'd really like to be part of her life. Like to be a part of her life. You provide for her financially, daily, emotionally, but can I well, and Charnel, still have an emotional attachment to even her? Even to play devil's advocate because there was a legal technicality and she could have filed if she really wanted to for that to have been set aside and for return, at least to have established herself in the child's life first. Right. Right. Instead exactly. of out of the blue Doris. Colin Doris. saying you've been yep. served. Yes, exactly. That is my my whole issue here. This is why I have such a problem personally with Doris. Yes. You can't tell. Oh. It's very, oh, very good. neutral. I'm you're... trying to remain objective here. Yes, it's a very objectively led <laughs> podcast right now. No preconceived notions good. about the fact that Doris is rotting in hell somewhere, right? Yes, right. I do I do believe she is. She has to be by now. There's special think. places. Yeah. There's special yeah. places. So here's the thing though. Grandparents held this emaciated child on their laps. So she knew. Doris knew that she was emaciated. But here's the thing. Barb and Ken would constantly tell them that Lauren had an eating disorder that car that caused her to gorge on food. So Doris says when she came over to our house with that family, she was a pig. 
I mean, she would eat everything in sight. She would steal stuff from the refrigerator like pork chops or a ham bone or anything left over, take it to her bed and put it under her pillow. It disgusts me that Doris is talking about Lauren like this after she knows what happened to her. She's literally calling her a pig. No, that's called fucking starvation. Survival. It's abuse. You heinous, heinous individual. So she, oh my God, how is this woman not criminally charged? Because, so she's emaciated. She's been held, right? They know. Yeah, all the grandparents. She's yeah. literally blaming an emaciated child who obviously has an issue with stealing out of the refrigerator. I'm sorry. Did you ever take food out of your grandma's refrigerator, Charnel? Absolutely. Me too. I didn't always I ask it. first, no. right? It Cookies. wasn't stealing. no. No. So Grandma Doris isn't a Texas grandma that goes, oh, honey, you look so skinny. I need to feed you. No, exactly. Nope. Get that girl a cheeseburger. No, no. shit, right? She's calling her a pig and saying she would eat anything in the, in the, she would steal stuff from the refrigerator and take it to her bed and put it under her pillow. Right, Grandma. Is that normal? Right. Oh, no, but she's just listened to good old Barbie who's saying, oh, she's got an eating disorder. Okay. I just don't understand. This girl has cigarette burns on her, okay? She has puncture wounds from physical abuse. That has nothing to do with this eating disorder. Like, where are the questions about that? It just... Well, Grandma's... What's her name? Doris has already covered that stuff up in the initial investigation, though, remember? The the evidence that wasn't enough. Oh, yes. There were the scratches and bumps and bruises in the diaper yep. rash yep. and Doris was aware of that too she was so the fact yep. that it continued on throughout mm-hmm. her life that would be normal for Doris to mm-hmm. cover up she spent 650 fucking dollars Charnel my god all right you're That's right fair. I'm in the wrong here I'm I just you wanted are to make so sure. right put me in my place Megan you are welcome <laughs> so the other thing is that so doctors actually testified in the trial against both of these fucking morons that Lauren stopped growing at a two and a half um, and Doris claims that she never noticed that she was starving and didn't grow nope just didn't notice okay grandma she also said that Lauren had developed a lactose intolerance as a toddler no that was not lactose intolerance that was her body not having enzymes to digest food after being starved and this is in response to what trying to give her milk or a yes, bottle or yes. something. And she said that Barbie continued to give her milk. So then she would vomit and have diarrhea. And it frustrated her, which this is the start of what left her undernourished and led her to not feeding her. Because it was just, she would just vomit and have diarrhea whenever she did. So it was just too, better just to not give her anything to eat then. So we've had uh, have those. we had a psychological evaluation on Doris? Because I feel like we need one. Well, we need psychs on everybody. Yeah. Yes. But we've had those failure to thrive cases. Mm-hmm. Very few of them are actually legitimately medical right. fail to thrive, but yes. they do happen. They do. They do. I did have one substantiate, absolutely just complete medical failure to thrive. It does okay. happen. Mm-hmm. So, but this is, I mean, this is just a classic. So t- are you going to get to the school part or why she was never enrolled in school? They, or do they not ever they talk never about it? talk about it. So, hey, Doris, grandma of the fucking year. Hey, did you ever inquire as to why this child wasn't in school? in school? Like the other kids? Right. Well, hold on, though. I do get to, I'll just say it right now. After 
She was, after her sixth birthday, Doris did notice that every time that they would come over, they, they, they no longer brought Lauren over after she was about six years old. And the excuse was always that she was at a friend's house, that she was somewhere else. Oh. I do believe so that So there was two probably, years prior. There was two years where Doris did not see her. And she claims that when she saw her at Thanksgiving, when she was six years old, that that girl was fat. Now, that can't possibly be because the doctors testified she has not grown since she was two and a half years old. So, no, I don't believe Doris's statement that she was fat, but she hadn't seen her in the last two years and said, I just figured she knew her daughter had problems. So she's like, I literally just figured she was passing Lauren off to other families and just was telling me that she was with friends or with someone else. Well, in the interest of acting like a decent human being, people do these things with their kids when they like them called take photographs. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know social media-wise. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's absolutely. Two, it's 2001. Facebook, maybe MySpace. Well, it's MySpace. Yeah, yeah 2001. Do you MySpace? It was, I do. Yeah, 2001, it was MySpace. I think Selfies I weren't really a thing yet. I think Facebook I, uh, was an 03 thing. I uh, was later. No, you could take a selfie in 2001, but you had to look like your actual human face. Yeah. Yeah, right? Uh, that's not good for Doris. Son of a bitch, I have pores. Or Barbie. I, I have to immediately take the pores off. There are no filters. So, anyway, my point was um, where are the pictures of her then? You know, where, where are the pictures of this little girl? Are they taking photographs of their children? Like a normal say, family? given their economic circumstances. You know they had a cell phone, Charnel. In 2001? Probably not. Oh. I graduated in 2002 and I had a very primitive flip phone. I guess I had a flip phone. Yeah. That's and there's true. no way. I'm given, older than I think I am. Yes, yes. And given, given their economic circumstances, I'm going to say nah. Okay. So nah. they may not have... Baby books and photo albums around the house. I doubt it. But Doris hasn't seen her grandchild in two years. Yeah. And and she literally, I get to the quote sometime in these notes where she okay. was, she literally was like, uh, listen. Oh, actually, it's right here. She gave Lauren away at birth. And in my mind, she had let Lauren go to all these other people's houses until finally someone decided to just keep her. End quote. But she spent $650. Yep, but she, she was wasn't okay concerned by then? the time she was eight years old. I guess she was okay with that as long as it wasn't the Kavanaugh's. She's fine with it. She oh had a beef with the Kavanaugh's because the Kavanaugh's told her to get a lawyer when she said that Barbie wants her baby back. And they Isn't said, it just heartbreaking that at any point in time here, that the first time that child frustrated Barbie and Ken, all, all they, they had, had to, to do was, was call them. Yep. She made that very clear to them. If any of you out there do not like your children... If there's one that you like less than the others and you yes. find yourself having bad thoughts, yep. please go take them to somebody else. No one will judge you. Right. Honestly, I won't go drop them off with grandma or a friend. Yep. Because this is actually called, psychologically speaking, it's called scapegoating. Really? Okay. Yep. I mean, obviously I'm familiar with the term scapegoat. Yep. But yep. Scapegoating. So what happens is parents single out one child to blame all of the family's troubles on and enlists others in the taunting and physical abuse of them. And that is what they did with this family. So the other children in the home were taught to scape scapegoat. Everything was Lauren's fault. That explains why they never told anyone. Yes. And that explains to the children why she was always locked in Lauren's places. bad. Lauren's bad. Lauren's the reason X, Y, and Z has happened. Mm-hmm. Yep. So in 1995, we know that Barbie began locking her in the bathroom, Lauren in a bathroom. 
And over the next six years, it just progressively got worse. That Thanksgiving that I was telling you about that Doris last saw, that was 1999. So she was about six and a half. Okay. She did say, you know, like, I should have been suspicious. It was suspicious. Oh, oh, wait. Did I just hear... Was that accountability? I should have. It was suspicious and it should have been suspicious, she said. But it wasn't because in my mind, I already had the answer. She gave Lauren away at birth. And in my mind, she had let Lauren go to other people's houses until someone finally decided to keep her or take her. And she said that as parents tries to believe her children, even when the stories don't quite make sense. She said, in my creed, a mother would take a bullet for her kid. You never in a million years think maybe she's got the child locked in a closet somewhere. Which who thought it would be a good idea for Doris to quote anywhere I know. to anyone? Oh, she liked talking to the media. There's lots of quotes from Doris in the media. Okay, yeah, and someone so, and someone let her adopt a child that did they, this to they another absolutely child. Did but once you hear about um, Barbie's first four years of life life with Doris was probably a dream. She had a very rough... I, I get to it in a minute. Okay. Yeah. Um, I will say... You're going to try to make me feel sympathetic toward no, Barbie? No, but some articles really do, and I'm just not going to go there. I'm just not going to do it because yeah. I have met lots and lots of people in my life who have suffered horrific abuse, and they do not do this to their children. Yes. Is your mental illness your fault? No. No. But it is your responsibility. Yes. And... That is the problem here. And when you know you cannot or should not be raising a child because you've been so traumatized by your own childhood, I agree with the statement Doris made. It's the most loving thing you can possibly do to give that child up to somebody. Yep. But I think she just felt the pressure. The Doris pressure. I hear this. Yeah. I also want to say, because you're probably wondering, like, why didn't anybody else, like, call CPS or, like, what's going on? Child Protective Services investigated twice. Lauren said once that a police officer came to the house to the trailer to do a welfare check on her. On Lauren? Uh-huh. So somebody had seen her. Mm-hmm. And, and called in. about. It was a relative, as a matter of fact, and had called the police. Good for them. So they did a welfare check both times that CPS investigated and the law enforcement officer was there. Her, pan, her parents sat her at the kitchen table with food in front of her. Told her to put the macaroni and cheese in her mouth, but told her she wasn't allowed to swallow it. She is sitting there at With the With a table, mouthful of macaroni? Pretending to eat while they're chatting. He said that the, she said the police officer just stood there to check, check things around. And he, she's like, I think I was like six or so. You know, this is all in hindsight. And she's looking back afterwards when she's older and she's like reflecting she's like this is before she's been in the closet though this is during starvation and stuff but this this isn't when she's been not the year-long stint in the closet but i as i mentioned before though she was in holes holes. anytime yes when they wanted to punish her or where where she slept every night she never had a bedroom megan she always had a hole that she was in okay but she was let out occasionally um, but the most consistent was that year that she was in the closet when she was, um, that last year. I do not want to be judgy right now of the law enforcement officer or CPS investigator that went out there. But there are putting yourself in yeah. those shoes as somebody in my position who prosecuted those cases and someone in your position who investigated them. Can you imagine thinking that that was an appropriate looking child? Mm-mm. That was my first thought. Or going back and at least asking, potentially asking the court to remove, but or asking the parents to take the child, 
you you had a way with words, right? Hey, let's go to the let's go to the doctor. Yes, yes, exactly. Like we've got to get you. Gosh, you know, I you know what could get me off your back? Yeah, we let's just got to take her to the doctor. Yeah, and then then we've got proof to whoever made this complaint against you. Case closed. Yeah, and then I'm out of your life. Easy peasy. Exactly. But what I am suspecting is that these calls did not happen when she was at her most emaciated. I am because this is this was just a from the court records that is showing the history within the six years. Okay. And again, there's no pictures. And right. you you believe because of economic reasons, perhaps there's no pictures of any of the kids. No, we only have pictures of the from the evidence okay. from the, that the police took. So we do know in that six years, Child Protective Services investigated twice. But there were other times where they tried to. There were other calls made. There were other people who did try to call on this family. And those were the times, I believe, that when she was at her most emaciated state and locked in that closet is when they stopped coming to the door. And then the, knowing that they've got about 48 hours before CPS tries again, and they would move. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, or that time, that one time that we know that's on record where they had the wrong name, they asked for Barbara Cavanaugh. She doesn't live here. Or, excuse me, Calhoun. And, yep, they were like, oh, no, we don't know anybody by that name because she was Barbara Atkinson. Right, so then you go back to Mm -hmm. the office as that worker and say they no longer live at that address. Yes. Well, yes. Now, I was blessed enough that at the time that I was a CPS worker, we had all the aliases sure. on file. Of course. At this time, though, they wouldn't have. They absolutely wouldn't have. This is how you had to do, you can only do what you can do with the tools that your job gives you, right? And so this is how they would have had to do that. And I don't blame that worker at all. These are just two random strangers walking by this trailer. You have no idea. You don't know that they own this trailer or that they are renting it or whatever. They're They're walking by it. And like, oh, hey, can we help you? You know, like, sure. she's like, oh, hey, do you guys Perfect know, timing. do you know Barbara Calhoun that lives here? Oh, nope, we've never heard of her. I would like to think that should had an officer or a CPS worker saw her in her most emaciated state, they absolutely would have taken action. Absolutely. Well, that helps. Just the timing of so it. It's this the was timing. prior yes. to the closet. Yes, exactly. We do know that they also put on errors, right? They had this child sitting at the table with food in front of her with instructions that she wasn't allowed to swallow how do we know that by the way did she report she remembers that? it yeah okay yep she remembers it she remembered and it was macaroni and cheese and she so wanted she to swallow that. it and she was too scared it she knew if she swallowed it she was going to get beat can i just ask like even when she was in the hospital which is probably jumping way back so i apologize but was she forensically interviewed or did they just let her spontaneously speak oh this is all through her play therapy and spontaneous so everything speaking. that we know is through play it's, i love that yes, okay is through her speaking and the um psychologists do get down to listen her story never changes it never exaggerates. Like when you, when a child is getting attention for what they're saying and they start exaggerating, they know that there might be some holes to this. There is, Lauren has never been anything but completely consistent in the things that she has said that had happened that she could verbalize. And she has never added or, or changed her story to make it more interesting or more intense. It's always just been what it is, you know? So the psychologists firmly believe 
these things absolutely happen to her. Well, and just and think she about was it. remembering them. At that age, too, she doesn't have any concept of what's right or wrong because she's been so sheltered right. and kept, right? It's not yeah. like she was... She yeah. has no idea, really, even that she was telling on anybody. When she was oh. in play therapy, there are sessions from her play therapy where she is, she has a doll and she is vaginally assaulting the doll. With another doll? No, nope, with, with her own implement. finger. Okay. With her own finger and saying, bad dad is hurting me. Bad dad is hurting me. Okay. And it, there's just, they let her guide all the conversations. They didn't ask her, you know, questions, leading questions, anything and like that. And we know there was significant injury, and so she would associate that with bad or pain. So Perfect. it's not like Absolutely. that was something that somebody put in her head. Because, yep. I, I mean, some some kids don't describe their sexual That's, abuse as bad or painful. For which sure. Which is also but hard hers, for people to understand. It is, but hers was... Bad and painful. Significantly traumatic. Absolutely. Yes, yep, yep. It did not... There are There are some child sexual abuse victims where it's not as as traumatizing that way it physically right to them and so they don't report it as as feeling bad you know in 1995 one of Barbara Atkinson's high school friends and roommate Stacy Wilson complained that to CPS that the two-year-old Lauren was being tied up spread eagle on a bed in Jasper and by the time the caseworker arrived the family had moved and they couldn't find him find her find the family she, this is very quickly after she was returned to Absolutely. Her mom. She was being tied up and was spreading. She was being sexually abused the whole time that they had this child. Nearly 18 months later, a complaint was filed in the Wood County, um, in Wood County about children eating moldy food out of the trash. And the mother's name was listed as Barbara Calhoun. And that is when no one answered and they were walking by and said, oh, no, we don't know who Barbara Calhoun is. So eventually, in the hospital, Lauren's sores heal. She put on weight. Eventually, her baby teeth that were all broken and rotted. Fell out fell like out, baby teeth yes, do. Yes, fell out and were replaced by her pearly white, you know, adult teeth. Oh, good. They got her to the point where she had enough, you know, calcium to yes. be able to grow bones. Yep. Her hair. Because you said she, it was translucent. So what color is her hair naturally? It was. Um, it's, it's got like a reddish hue. So she's a little strawberry she's like blonde? A little, yeah, she's like a little, um, I'd say more like a little auburn. She has like this just reddish okay. hue, but she had curly Shirley Temple curls, mm-hmm. dimples, just so oh, adorable. Oh, she had fat on her cheeks mm-hmm. so that one so could that see they could a dimple, dimple in. Yeah, oh, I'm a sucker for a dimple yes. in a cheek. I know she was. Oh my gosh, she was such a cute little girl. When they brought her home, they literally had no guidance. Like I said before, they did take down every closet door in the house. There were no doors on the closets. Were they prompted to do that? No. No. Or that was a reaction to something? That was just them. Well, what happened was they woke up in the middle of the night and Lauren was sleeping in, the in closet. their closet. Yeah, because that's all she knew. That is when they, they took the closet doors down. They would wake up in the middle of the night and she had gorged herself so much on food. And she the, was sick? She vomited, yeah, all over the, t- the, t- the house. What they did in response to that, the professionals actually told them to lock up all the food at night. No shit. And they said... Absolutely not. Okay, good, because you and I both know that that's something. That Can you is imagine? not what she needs. You know what I would do with a doctor or a professional that testified to that in my, remember when I was prosecuting? Yeah. You know what I would have done to them? It would have been well, bad. it would have been ugly. The like, cross-examination yeah. alone. No, no, that would not have went, went so well So they did not follow it. They did not. Instead, good. they put out cookies and pink lemonade on the kitchen table for Snacks her. Snacks all mm-hmm. the time. Mm-hmm. Grazing table Everything, of food. Uh, yes, Exactly. 
Sabrina Cavanaugh was like, listen, she needed to learn that there will always be enough food. That I that's put snacks not a by her bed. Here. Legit. It, it was Here's a bowl of dry yep, cereal. Anything and- that you want. She's like, she did not need more food locked away. She needed to learn that food was always going to be there for her. It's always um, there for me. It is me too. And I'm so grateful for that. <laughs> so the Kavanaugh's also kept, had to keep her out of the trash can. She would rummage through the garbage can. For um, food. A lot. Mm-hmm. Sure. People throw away they, things that she can yep, eat that to she live. Could, yes, exactly. That she could survive on. Um, they made sure that she didn't eat toothpaste or chalk or crayons. Was or, she having or pica paint. type? Oh, she had pica. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, she absolutely um, had pica, which was why they found plastic and carpet and everything in her esophagus. But her pica was because she was trying to survive. She, because she was malnourished, yes. Pica is one of the biggest indications of undernourished children. Yeah. Okay. And mm-hmm. I'm not... I'm not a doctor, but isn't pica also a form of OCD? It is a, a you know, it's a compulsive behavior. Right. Yes. So, yes. Uh, it, so there's not, but I mean, there's therapies. It's extremely common in um, undernourished children. Okay. So this did not surprise them really at all. Are these people, like, do they have actual halos, like, above I know. their heads? I know. Are they just implied? Yeah. Yeah. They. I I feel like they followed really good instinctive behaviors on how to counteract some of her traumas, and I like that. And even that. knowing when a professional gave you some advice mm-hmm. that wasn't going to work for your child? Yes. I, yep. I don't want to be disrespectful to the professional. Maybe that was something that was standard that they, that they would recommend, but we're talking about your child. I feel, child. Yeah, I feel like it was just very like, oh, here's a problem, here's the solution. Uh, and not it wasn't trauma focused, Megan. Sure. That's where that okay. advice came from. Yeah, it was so not trauma focused. It's at the dawn of trauma focused yeah. CBT. Most definitely. Cognitive behavioral therapy. So, okay, yep. that makes yep. more sense. You have to keep putting the timeline I know. in there exactly. for me. Exactly. Yeah, what else did they have to do? You know, she wasn't potty trained. Of course not. So, that had to that was a big hurdle. And how could she have been with no working intestines yeah. at that yeah. point either? Absolutely. And she didn't know how to use silverware. She would not wear shoes because shoes hurt her feet. First of all, amen, sister. Because right. if I'm not wearing five-inch heels, I'm barefoot or in flip-flops. There's no in-between. Right. Tennis shoes or sneakers for you people that live in the South, those are the most <laughs> god-awful things in the entire world. They're they, constricting. They're very constricting. I don't like it. No, I don't like it at all. My have to be either pretty in five-inch heels or barefoot right. or flip-flops. Hillbilly or pretty, that's all you got. Son of a bitch, I need a T-shirt. Mm-hmm. I love it. So she never asked for toys or candle candles. Nope, not candles either. No candy is what I'm trying to say. Like Sabrina was saying, you know, she didn't she didn't do the normal things that kids did because she didn't know how to play with toys. She didn't know that candy tasted good and was sweet. So she never knew to ask for those things. If they gave her a toy, she would mess with it for a bit, but then it just sat there because she did not know how to imaginative play. She, you know, she had, didn't have that in her cognition. Um, bath time was extremely hard, extremely oh, hard. Oh, yeah. And this is where they learn that for many years, a form of torture that Barbie inflicted on this child was that she would hold her head under the faucet and laugh while she gulped for air. She was waterboarding her. She was. Mm-hmm. So the first time that they went to give her a bath, Lauren was screaming, please don't drown me. Please don't drown me. And Jeez. all they were trying to do was wash her hair. 
This was extremely difficult for Sabrina. Um, she said, she's like, how do you explain to an eight-year-old that you are not trying to drown her? You're just trying to wash her hair. Showers. So, well, she wouldn't, didn't even want that. What they ended up doing is they took just a little Dixie cup. Remember Dixie cups? Fuck yeah. The little Dixie cup. My bathroom, cup. do my little drink after I yes, brush my teeth? Yes, after you brush your teeth. They're perfect. So they take a little cup and they would pour it on her head. And that was okay with her because it wasn't a massive amount of water. So they would wash her hair painstakingly little Dixie cup by little Dixie cup. While she's sitting in the tub? She's sitting in the tub. Okay. But then she didn't feel like it was. It's not overwhelming. Yeah. It's kind of like. So they knew they weren't going to. That's not abnormal. That is sometimes kind of like giving a bath to a two-year-old. Right. Who's screaming when the water and the obviously non-stinging soap suds are in their face. I do. Trying to get them to tip their head back. I do feel like Sabrina did a good job at meeting Lauren at her developmental need. She was. She did not develop past two and a half years old. So she met her cognitively there. Please tell me there's some good news in terms of her cognitive development in this home. She does she does graduate high school. Okay. Okay. There are things, but there's her story is is a survival story, but it's it's not butterflies and rainbows. Okay. Um, no unicorns. Nothing no. Fantastic. No. You know, so there's there's the things that were very predictable that they figured that would would happen, but then there were other things that just kind of hurt their heart, like. If they, if Lauren would get upset or feel sad, she would say, now you're not going to feed me anymore. Ugh. Yeah. And so just, there's things that they're just like, it's just difficult to deal with. Like, how do you reassure this child who's not going to trust you? She hasn't learned to trust anybody. Every adult in her life has let her down to this point. So how does she, she's not just going to trust when you say there is always going to be food here. We're not going to starve you. We're not going to drown you, you know. By doing. Exactly. By doing what they're doing, they're proving it. Day by day. Yes, exactly. They did say some things were a mystery, like Lauren lost it one afternoon at a McDonald's playground. Um, She looked across the parking lot and was screaming, Daddy, Daddy, they're putting a baby in the trunk. This family was just putting blankets in the trunk. But then as they're asking her more questions, like, why did you think that she was put in the trunk all the time? She was put in the trunk while they would go through fast food restaurants. To feed themselves and the other kids. To feed themselves and the other kids and starve her. She was in the trunk a lot. I know. It's awful. It is. They're terrible. They've got to be one of the worst perpetrators we've covered. First survivor story, yes. Mm -hmm. The other thing that comes out is that first year that they had her, they were trying to explain Halloween to her. She is screaming. They wanted to take her to a, a Halloween carnival, like in downtown uh, Canton. And she saw people dressed as clowns, and she starts freaking out and screaming hysterically. I know some people that would do that. Oh, right. Clowns. Yeah. But this, this is... So something's this happened is, to her. Yes. She started saying, are you taking me to the candy man's house? Are you taking me back to them? Oh, No. So they're just trying to explain what Halloween is and trying to get her to calm down. And they figure out through counseling that a regular customer that that her mother sold her to was a man who wore a clown mask from the horror movie Candyland. The Candyman. The Candyman. Yeah. Yeah. I know that. I know that movie. Do you know that movie? movie? Yes, I, I see, do. I don't watch you horror movies. Right. So... Um, while he was raping her, he wore that mask. And so, and he called himself the Candyman. 
So we do have verbal mm-hmm. documentation, I guess, from her mm-hmm. that she was sex trafficked by her mom yes. and stepdad. Yes. So she recounted these stories over and over very consistently, her therapist, Lindsay Jones, had said. And when asked about the reliability of her memories, she said she hasn't embellished anything over the years to make it a better story. She's never said anything that makes me think they're not accurate. Even with her emotional wounds, her physical injuries, all of that stuff, when they were trying to do assessments on her and like things like that, she would just stare off into space. If they triggered something, she would go into almost like zombie mode and just... It's like she wasn't there anymore. How like a cathartic state? Mm-hmm. Yeah, affect flat, well, just disassociate. That's it. Mm-hmm. She's just done. Yes, exactly. They're like you know she kind of seemed to be in a completely different zone. And she said, "I knew that my questions at that point were activating memories, and I did not want to injure her psyche in any more way. So they would switch tactics. I mean, it was very handling her." Like a China doll, essentially. You know, I mean, they want to know what's going on, especially for the trial against her parents. Yeah, I was going to ask about that. But they can't push her and regress all of her progress Mm -hmm. that she's made. The hard thing here is they determine Lauren cannot testify. No. You know, as a prosecutor, my heart right now is like imploding because I understand. Mm -hmm. But you Mm -hmm. know what happens to my case Mm-hmm. You know, with as as a former exactly. prosecutor, and and in my current position, you just can't prove your case now. Exactly. So oh, are you, what are you going to tell me? I'm here to tell you that in the court, the the court case, they're never tried for sexual abuse. None. No. None of it. None. They have the medical information. They do. So it's it's implied, but they did not feel without her testimony. Because no one else, there was no other evidence, Megan. Yeah, they found sex, a box of sex toys, but that's in every home across America. There was nothing, there was no evidence that, aside from what was on that So there was no DNA at the time. Or if they did, they didn't take any. Yeah, I don't know. I don't believe so. Because they didn't have, they, they couldn't put her through testifying. And she didn't make any... Admissions regarding her mom or dad sexually abusing her? Well, because I'm there glad, was some. I'm glad that you asked that. Okay. So, uh, this next part here a volunteer that does play therapy called Child Protective Services and volunteered her time with Lauren to help her. Her name is Sandra Mahoney. And she said that when she first went over to the house, you know, obviously. She looked like a three-year-old, but she really did have a large vocabulary, which she was surprised about, but that's because, you know, she'd learned it from country music. Thank you, Tammy. Why not? Yes. Well, this is so sad. The first meeting that this play therapist had with her, all of a sudden she just starts singing this con- this sad country song um, called Don't Laugh at Me by Mark Willis. It's a ballad about loneliness. Oh, God. And so, and she even sang this in the hospital room too, um, a lot. The lyrics are, don't laugh at me, don't call me names, don't get your pleasure from my pain. In God's eyes, we're all the same. Someday we'll all have perfect wings. Don't laugh at me. Legit, I know that song. I could break into song right now if it wouldn't make me cry. Right. Like, that's awful. That is the song that she most resonated with and that she would would recite 
by memory all the time. Is that a trauma response song for her? When uh, she's feeling sure. insecure, yeah. when she's feeling scared, yeah. she just starts singing? I will say now today, um, country music is a trigger for her. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah. I can only imagine. Mm-hmm. So even though she did speak in sentences and she would occasionally try to make jokes weeks after her rescue. Really? She did. But her words lacked context because she didn't understand how to use the words. So it didn't always make sense. Oh, my God. I know. I have friends like that. Me too. <laughs> I know. I know. It's cute. I'm sorry. So, were you trying to be funny? Things, <laughs> things like the sun, a television. She'd never seen them. She'd never learned about them. She doesn't know what they are. So when they're driving down the road, she was pointing endlessly at everything. What's that? What's, What's that? that? What's that? She won. Her brain was so ready to learn everything after it. Like woke when you went on vacation, you know, someplace yes. new. Yep. So she was told that horses were big and brown. So one day, in a, she saw a hay field with a bunch of round hay bales and pointed at them and said, "Look, horses." Okay. So, so first like, of all, let me just tell you because you know we have a lot of those around here. Mm-hmm. That I may or may not at one point have been riding with somebody in a car and said, are those buffalo? And my passenger said, that's fucking hay, Megan. <laughs> I I grew up around farms. Like, seriously, I know yeah, what a buffalo and what hay is. But when you just glance. So I am not judgy of Lauren at all for yeah, that. She saw round bales. She's like, and oh, she was big and brown. They brown. They're horses. That's yeah. right. She was, re- she was connecting those, that context though. And that was, that's good. During the play, you know, the play therapy, they gave her the dolls. She would, they gave her things like make believe tea, you know, playing pretend with teas and whatnot. She said, oh, like a tea set, mm-hmm. like to sit down and have tea. Right. Yep. And it's all, so how play therapy works is it is not guided by the therapist at all. It's a hundred percent guided by the child. Thank you for pointing that out. Yeah. That's important it for is. people to know. It is because it is, this is not her guiding whatsoever. Like whatever the kid wants to do or, or, or say goes. They do not come in and say, Hey, look, we're going to talk about this today. Nope. Or tell me about the time nope. somebody did this to you. Nope. Or not here's a all. tea set. Let's play tea. Uh uh-uh. uh. They just give the tool. Set. Exactly. Here's a tea set. Do with it what you're going to, right? So she would sometimes make food and give it to Lauren or, or Lauren, excuse me, Lauren would give the therapist, um, Mrs. Mahoney, food. And then she would say, You can't eat that. And constantly. And then she'd take it right away from her. Is this the don't chew the macaroni? Is yes, this where it this came out? This is how they figure that out. Um, one of her favorite games was to go outside and paint herself with red paint. And she would say it was blood. Then she'd run to the garden hose screaming and quickly clean it, try to clean it all off. Other times she would lay on the floor groaning and she would say, go get the good mom, go get the good mom. And then she'd say, take me to the hospital. She'd lie down next to a piece of paper, take a red marker, scribble like a huge stain on it. And she'd say, it was blood, it was blood. Then she would say, they hurt me, they hurt me. This is all of her play. This is all her play. This is how she plays. Because kids play imagination what they know. Okay? Have you ever seen a little girl play pretend like she's changing a baby's diaper, especially after she has a new brother or sister? Or taking the baby and breastfeeding it? Yep. Right? Yes, exactly. You always know a kid with a breastfeeding mom because they take the baby and put it to their shirt and it's normal. Mimicking. Yep. And so what she is doing is mimicking what she knows. And that's how we have some of these mem- these things that she's never been able to verbalize. This poor baby. She does remember the macaroni, though. Do that, cases like you, this make you want to be the person who, like, oh, my God, I want to be the prosecutor on that case so bad right now? 
Like, you know, it's funny. They, they uh, make me want to go back to CPS. And I know oh I don't no, ever want to go right? back to CPS. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Me either. Right. Not to CPS, but to my former. Because I like my career now. But right. it's, one, dream team, glory days. Yeah. Like, we yeah. learned a lot. But two, we were doing stuff with kids like this. Yes. And yes, exactly. And, like, that's where you feel like you make a difference. So yeah. I'm just like, yeah, yes. That's, I struggled. This is why I invited you on this particular episode um and I'm not crying they, yet so that's you're good. doing great I, I'm not a crier we become desensitized have you told your audience about a gallows sense of humor when you work with trauma so much and you see these things that it's really easy sometimes to maybe make jokes as yes. I've been doing throughout and you and it doesn't mean we're terrible people no, it's just right. a survival this technique. is our coping skill yeah for mm-hmm. our own PTSD yep absolutely which yes. I'm, I'm helping assisting right now. Also, with drink. yes, with the wine that helps too. So she gave her puppets, and oh, okay. um, during the puppet play, it didn't take any long at all, like at all. She picks these puppets up. She was furious with the male puppet, and she called it the bad dad. She threw it against the wall. She stomped on it, screamed at it. It took a while um, before the anger toward her biological mom surfaced in play therapy. It was the dad. It was the bad dad that surfaced right away. Um, But when it did, she said that um, Lauren would order her therapist, Mrs. Mahoney, there to sit in the corner of the room. Her eyes would darken and she would start growling and pacing in circles, pointing at her. You're the mean mom. Get in the corner. Go to jail. Then she'd come over and start physically hitting and kicking the play therapist. And at one point, she ran into the hallway hallway and told Sabrina, who's sitting right out there, her mom, Mom, I put the mean mom in jail, and she's never, ever, ever getting out. The therapist said she repeated ever in that statement over 50 times. Like she's saying like never, ever, 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 getting out. Yeah. The play therapist was letting her assault her basically as part of her play. Letting her do it. Yes. Yep. And they didn't cut her off. They let her say ever. 50 As many times as she needed to say it and finish her sentence. And she said that that session went on for over an hour and she sat there. She let her push her, let her hit her. She said the anger that was coming out in that little girl was unbelievable and extremely telling. And they get to end play therapy too, right? Like, I don't know if you said that yet, but if I recall when they're done, they're done. Like Mm -hmm. it ends. So play Mm -hmm. therapy could last 15 minutes. It could. And and what she said was for her, her player therapy sessions always ended her with her laying on the floor exhausted. That's how her play therapy ended because she was reliving her trauma through her imaginative play the entire time, because that's all she knew. That is all she knew. She never played regularly. Could and you then imagine it exhausted her. if any of these sessions had been, and maybe they were, recorded so people could see, protecting her image, of course, this type of behavior, but also for the potential admission. And I know, obviously, I'm an attorney. I'm a practicing judicial individual currently that there are some issues with getting those admitted in uh, criminal cases without um, the proper foundation. But you do have um, play therapists and such who should have been able to testify as to the behaviors that they were seeing or exhibiting Mm -hmm. because it's not 
hearsay. Mm -hmm. And no, it isn't definitive that dad caused the sexual abuse or was the perpetrator of the sexual abuse, but at least, at least it's out there. There's a witness. Right. And, and And there's behaviors. And she did. She did testify. She did testify. Yeah, she did testify. But they didn't put, the prosecution did not put sexual abuse listed as one of the abuses that they were going to go after conviction for them. Are you going to tell me every, are you gonna tell me what they were charged with? Yes. Okay, yeah, thank I you. I will, I will. Good, otherwise I won't sleep tonight. Right. So there were years of therapy that would be like this for her. So 13 months after she was rescued, Bill and Sabrina were able to finally officially legally adopt Lauren. And somebody filed the right paper? Someone filed the right paper and they got it done. Um, and the trial is about to begin, okay? There is a problem with the fact that this is huge in the media, so, of course, there's the whole, like, do they get a fair trial, yada, yada, Change yada, venue. blah, blah, blah. They did end up doing that, from what I understand. They pled not guilty, okay? Of course. Not guilty. So so that's not a surprise. No. Because when you're Mm-mm. charged with felony offenses like that, you always are going to plead not guilty. Right. And I feel like I have to tell everybody now, I'm, I'm just going to let you know that... Halfway through the trial, and we'll get to the part that makes this happen, but halfway through the trial, Barbie just goes ahead and pleads guilty. No shit. She did it because she found out that two of her children were going to have to testify, and she wanted to save them, Megan, from having to testify. Mother of the year. Ain't she sweet? I just feel like she's so nice. I know. What a sweetheart to save well, those two kids. What? How, how nice of her to care about two of her six children. Yeah. So I'd have them testify anyway. <laughs> and I and, and I have in other cases. So that. Yeah, that's that was her reason he, for he why she ple- wanted to plead guilty. Let me clarify so I don't sound like a complete dick because I totally understand that we don't want to traumatize those children either, but. He didn't plead guilty, right? No. Yeah. They're going to sure testify didn't. anyway, mm-hmm. sweetheart. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In his trial, they were tried separately. And his trial, I just want you all, I need you all to have it in your heart now that they do get life in prison. Okay. So you're making okay. me feel a little bit better. Yes. They do get life in prison. But we will go over some of the charges and why they went over that. The first night that she gave her statement to detectives... Barb tells police, she writes down this bullshit. It's just, you'll recognize it so much, Megan. It was such bullshit about, I knew what I was doing was wrong, and Lauren was the one that needed my love the most, and I couldn't give it to her. Really? Okay, it was such bullshit. But when the CPS investigator took her statement, she was like, listen, this is the problem. I didn't want Lauren. I never bonded with Lauren. Out of sight, out of mind. That's she what she tells the CPS worker. in the closet so she didn't have to see her. She literally said, I shut it away so that I wouldn't think of it. Barbie also said that her husband would get frustrated when Lauren cried or got into things. So he would duct tape her legs at the calf, bind her hands behind her back, and throw her into a crawl space under the kitchen pantry. Because that's a normal parenting technique. Mm-hmm. Oh, what's worse it was known to the family, because remember I told you about scapegoating. Yes. How they wrap up all the other kids into this, too. It was known to the family as the whole. So it became a source of a threat. Did other people have to no, go to the only hole? only Lauren was in the hole. 
at one place that they lived at, Ken had created a hole in the floor because he was a carpenter by trade, even though unemployed, unemployed most of the time. Mm-hmm. And so he so cut a hole in the Jesus. floor. <laughs> That's true. That's true. He was a he was he made his his mark on I, the world. I just though. I'm enjoying his description of of, of his career. Mm-hmm. So and she was a professional attendee of honky tonk. She was. She was she, not a bartender. No, a professional just attendee. attendee. Yeah. She just frequented them. She was. Boot- she liked to put some dimes in the jukebox, honey. She was boot scooting. She was. Oh my God, she did the boot scoot boogie. Well, we all can still <laughs> do know it, right? She did. Right. <laughs> so here he is. He put her in this in the hole in the floor at another residence and put a potty chair over it to cover it so no one could see it. By the time they had their sixth child, they moved to Hutchins, which was you know. Where Lauren was then confined, confined, confined to the master bedroom almost full time. Her, the Barbie's oldest child, Blake Stroll. Remember how I told you she had a toddler when, yep, that she had a toddler when Lauren was born. She remembers the family's hostility toward Lauren. She didn't see all the terrible things that happened, but she heard some of them. She said that Lauren screamed at night and when from the closet mm -hmm, and occasionally 10 year old Blake would take Lauren out of the closet for a bath. She would bathe her sister? hmm And she said that she saw that Lauren was bloody, that she had circular wounds across her head and back that looked like cigarette burns. Her vagina was swollen. She said, I could tell that she needed help. And now she has children of her own and said, everybody knows right from wrong, and my heart was tugging at me about the way that she was being treated. She would talk to me, but it was almost like talking to a baby. And she said that it wasn't until years later that she learned that her mom and stepfather had been sexually abusing Lauren. She said, I knew Kenny and Barbie had sex a lot because we could hear them, but I didn't know that they were doing it to her. They always had the music turned up really loud back there. Lauren would scream, but I always thought that they were hitting her and stuff. And stuff. She screamed a lot. This house sounds Torture chaotic. all the time. Just chaotic. Music blaring. That is so eerie to me. I can't stand the thought of that. It's so overstimulating. It is. And remember that this scale was 10 when this she was. was happening. And she so was. I don't want, I would never blame her. I know. Well, and this is her next quote. She said, my whole life people have been asking me why I didn't do anything and why I lied. I would never do that. She said, I was just doing what my parents told me to do. I'm afraid it makes me a terrible person because no. I didn't help her. But when I think about it, there's nothing I could have done. I was scared to death of that woman. I didn't want them to do to me what they were doing to her. Absolutely. They like, terminated. She is 10. They terminated parental yeah, rights yeah. to all of she these children, Yeah, yeah. She didn't get right? any of her kids back. No, okay. no, 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 no. No, because there was life in prison. They went to prison. Yeah, my, yeah. here's why I'm asking. I was hoping there was termination because you, you know what else that terminates, right? The grandparent yes. bond. Yes, So my thought was... Did Doris raise these kids Mm-mm. or did they go to foster care? Not to my homes? knowledge. Okay. Nope. I don't know if they went to other relatives, but not to my knowledge did okay. they go to Doris. Yeah. Um, so Patricia, Patricia Hogue was the head of the district attorney child abuse division. And she had been described by detectives as meaner than three snakes dipped in kerosene. Okay. So someday, Which is a compliment. Charnel, when I die, she was really sweet sometimes, but mostly she was a bitch. Just... <laughs> no. Okay. Or reverse it. However, she was a bitch, but she could be sweet sometimes. Oh my god, I love that. All right, all right, I can, I can, 
Perfect. I can do that for you. Thank you. Whatever you write your wishes down, whatever one of us goes first, this is how it has to be. I mean, it's going to be me. Maybe. You're, I you're don't know. so young. <laughs> you haven't even reached the number me, yet. I haven't. I have not reached that dirty number yet. But, I mean, but you never know. I could accidentally step into traffic tomorrow. I mean, there's lots of things. Somebody could give you a hickey. <gasps> did you see that? I did. Oh, my God. I, I know. I, I want to cover it as a, I looked it up. I had to know. Okay. Did you you guys be careful out there? You can die from getting a hickey. Yeah. It can cause a blood clot. Legit. Yes. You, it's like a, a, or a stroke, right? Did he yes. have a stroke? I want well, to cover it. Blood clot. I we almost died. <laughs> I just almost tipped the water over onto the electrical panel, and That's I said I wanted you to record to our bodies, <laughs> record my death, but I didn't think it would be right now. No. Or no. that I take you out with me. I would hope you could get through two episodes with me before you kill us both. <laughs> First of all, we both knew that was a risk. That's true. We were willing to take it. I should have had you sign a consent form. Oh my God, no waivers were signed in the making. Yes. Um. Yes. Just just so you guys know, and I did. I wanted to cover it as a juicy mini for the Patreons. Oh well, then I don't want to ruin it anymore. No, but, but yeah, you got to be careful. It can happen. You can die from a hickey. And don't lick any toads in the backyard. That's right. So this prosecutor, she's like, listen. Well, there was never any real doubt that Barbie and Ken had guilt. Okay, because. Based on the damage done to Lauren's body and their confessions, but they were never tried for sexual assault. Both of them denied raping Lauren. Kenneth Atkinson's, Atkinson was charged with aver- aggravated. <laughs> I'm so frustrated with these people that it makes me not be able to read. It's I'm, okay. It's like, I'm so angry I could pop a boner. That's I'm, where I'm at right now with these idiots. Okay, I, I've never done that, <laughs> but. Get your reading is fine. It's it going from your eyeballs to your to mouth. To my mouth. That's the problem. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. But go ahead and pop an angry boner right now, I Charnel. Am. And- I am because Kenneth Atkinson was charged with aggravated assault, assault of a child, aggravated sexual assault of a child. Oh. But those charges were dropped when prosecutors learned that Lauren could not testify. Yep. She had acted out some of the abuse during play therapy where she had said, bad dad hurt me and demonstrated by poking a hand and a thumb into the vagina of an anatomically correct doll, according to court documents. Then she hit the doll over and over between the legs, moaned in pain, screamed and growled. But Lauren would not verbalize what happened to her. When asked, she would shut down, narrow her eyes and stare into space. Psychologists said that it could take years of therapy before she would feel safe enough to put that abuse into words. So she's so developmentally traumatized and emotionally traumatized that she wasn't in any condition to talk about the sexual abuse and they weren't going to further traumatize her by trying to make her. So they knew that they needed to go with the stronger case, one that wouldn't require require her to testify. Barbara, her trial goes, they do medical testimony, police reports, psychological statements, the whole nine yards, until they're going through it all. Then there's the moment when the prosecutors unroll that carpet, Megan, that they collected, and they put it in front of the jury. Forgot about the carpet. The urine and feces-soaked carpet that they collected for evidence. The prosecutors unroll it. Right there in front of the jury. Do you want a gag? I want a gag. A hundred percent. They leaned forward and then simultaneously jumped back when the smell hit them. The jurors did. The jurors did. That is the point where Barbara Atkinson 
pleads guilty and stops the trial. She fucking knows. That evidence, no. You've got, like, what are you, what kind of defense do you have for this is all Lauren's urine and feces, and this is what she was sleeping on in that closet. And, of course, she says she needed to spare her two kids from having to testify. The ones that would take her out of the closet to bathe her once in a while. So she didn't care about sparing Lauren testifying? No. Weird. No. You you would think that hmm. if she was smart... She would have pretended to at least or, care about Lauren? Yes. Yeah. Or I would have expected a very good defense attorney who I have a lot of respect for because they're they're doing their jobs, okay? I, I know, know sometimes you the get mad at defense attorneys. You do, but I you do. can't because they have a job I to do. So do termites and parasites. I get it. Oh, my goodness gracious. <laughs> Charnel, do not corrupt the legal justice I'm system. Not, I'm not comparing them. I'm just saying every animal has its purpose okay. on the earth. But this is when you say, three. <laughs> right. <laughs> three children. <laughs> I want to spare my two children, three. Three. <laughs> from having to testify. All three of them from having to testify. Correct. Absolutely. You're so right. You're so right. Her, the defense attorney absolutely should have guided her that way. Yes. I, I understand. I uh, do understand their purpose. And guess what? If I'm ever in legal trouble, I will want, want a defense attorney. I so yeah. get that. It's just sometimes and pay some more of the than six hundred and fifty, please. <laughs> I mean, I will don't go to Oklahoma. If I can make more on the streets, then I will. Okay, <laughs> I need more people to join Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, you're whoring yourself for money in a totally legal way. I yes. love it. Yes, I really am. Let's get back to this trial. Well, in closing arguments. No, we're at closing. For, well, there's more. Don't okay. worry. No, this is just kind of how it goes for Barbie. Barbara. Yeah, for good old Barbie. The defense attorney's like, listen, I know, I know this looks bad. Right? It does. His name was Brad Lawler. And he's like, I just want you to know that my client is both a victim and a victimizer. Okay, because she was born to a drug-addicted and schizophrenic 13-year-old mother. Oh, 13. Yeah. Barbara, Barbie's mother was 13 when she gave birth to her. She bounced from house to house until she was adopted by Doris and David Calhoun when she was four. Okay, so. Why didn't Doris just give her back to her 13-year-old mom? When she became 16. Well, I'm just saying Something. that's kind of how things work that's, with Doris, right? That is. That's how Doris thinks that's appropriate. Totally. Apparently. So testimony suggested that she was physically and sexually abused as a toddler. Oh, and, mom was. Uh, yes. You know, the defense attorney's like, listen, for the first three years of her life, she had been shoved around from place to place, neglected to the max, and abused. A, psychologi- uh, a psychologist testified that Barbie Atkinson had suffered from borderline personality disorder. That doesn't surprise any of us. And this contributed to a warped reality in which Lauren became a scapegoat for the family's problems. Does it bother you at all that this was allowed to come out about Barbie being sexually abused Mm -hmm. without Barbie having to testify? And yet our system is set up... (laughs) Thank you. So that nothing was able I'm, to come out. I'm with super her. glad that you pointed that out. Well, because, I'm aware that there are inconsistencies, yes. yeah. and, and, oh, and again, yeah. there there are reasons for it. We, you are innocent until proven guilty. Yep. You you have to have the prosecutor prove this beyond a reasonable doubt, and you can sit there and say nothing. That is mm-hmm. truly an instruction that is given. Mm-hmm. But 
it should rub everybody just maybe a little bit wrong that everybody's story doesn't get to, get to be told. Correct. Exactly. In the way that it should be. Mm-hmm. In the way that it may Which have is happened. why we're here. To say to this do is these what you're things. doing. This I is like what it. I'm doing. Yes. And I'll note that I'm giving an opinion because this is a case that's long done oh, and doesn't yeah. involve me, by the way. Right, right. <laughs> yes, exactly. Texas. Am I right? We're in Michigan. We're yeah. a little ways away. Yeah, it's a little different way of doing things. For sure. The prosecutor's closing argument for Barbie's case said, listen, I want you to put yourself in the dark with the light switch too high for you to reach. And just think about her day after day after day in the dark. And as she listened while her brothers and sisters played outside in the trailer, rode their bikes, played outside in the sunshine, walked on the grass, think about how Lauren felt. The jury deliberated for five hours before reaching a verdict of life in prison. And the deliberation took a while because jurors said that some panelists were worried that Barbara Atkinson would be eligible for parole too soon. So that's really what they were arguing about. Oh, because they, they are not happy, I'll just tell you. Because they can't do life without the possibility of parole because this isn't a capital right. offense. Exactly. Yep. So it's probably life or any term of years. It, it, it is life, and they and she is eligible for parole in 2031. Okay. And so that's what the jurors were so conflicted about of just like, oh, my gosh, she's going to be, she could possibly be released when at that point in time, Lauren will be, you know, 38 you know, that was what worried them. So she she pled guilty. She did. But they still had to go forward. And he with was the- found guilty and they had already they had already dismissed the the criminal sexual conduct, right? Yep. So they didn't you know, and and I'm gonna tell you right now, that's not a bad move on their part. I'm not sure how things work completely down there, but I don't know that Jeopardy would be have considered to have attached for purposes of actually charging him in the future if she was able to be to a point to testify, but it also depends right. on their statute of limitations. Yeah, and it's probably it's I'm it's sure probably it's gone well by you now, know but. CSCs can have a lifetime on them right. now where you can report it anytime. But again, I'm not, I'm not sure. I would right. I would have to look. I'm not sure. They gave them both the same sentence though. They right? did. They did. So it took a year later for a jury to convict Kenneth Atkinson because they tried them separately. Oh, so okay. these trials are different. Mom mm-hmm. was first. Yep. And we yep. already had a change of venue. Yes. And so mom is first and then she pleads guilty halfway through. Okay. And so then, they, but then they still had to go through with the sentencing phase, of course. And so, um, Kenneth Atkinson was then went through the whole trial and he was also sentenced to life in prison. Now they're both eligible for parole in 2031. When Lauren is 38 years old. So, and it was for, hold on one second, because I thought that I had made note of their actual first degree child abuse. It's either um, causing serious impairment of a body function or causing death. And I, and obviously right. she lived. So right. Yes. Be, be. Nope. Yep. So that, that is what she, what they were charged with. Moving on from that, let's talk a little bit about Bill and Sabrina Kavanaugh. So Bill, as I told you, was, was a big, like, lumberjack type man you know he had a snow white beard cowboy he was he was a cowboy he was described many times as being a cowboy hard worker suntan initially they were kind of scared that his sheer size would scare lauren but she actually as in some interviews that she does later in her late teen early adulthood years she's like no actually it's quite the opposite 
his lap was like a bowl full of, you know, a big cuddly bear for me. And he would play. He's a protector. He was. Like he would play tea time with her and use like high pitched voices and was just like the perfect girl dad. It's great. So, and this is their only because they couldn't have children. Yes. That's why they wanted to do adopt. And they, I'm assuming, didn't adopt anymore after her. No, no. She actually like really laughed at the with the reporter when she was talking about how he would play tea time with her. And he said, and she said, he spoiled me, and it felt really good to be spoiled. Um, so he's the good guy, which then meant Sabrina had to do the guidance and the discipline. One of the 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 big thing that they would fight about that did actually eventually lead to them splitting up. Oh, hell. I know. Is that Sabrina would spank Lauren. Okay. And Bill did not agree with that. CPS did not agree with that. They don't. No. Um, Legally, there's nothing wrong with corporal punishment. Mm -hmm. But I think the main differentiation here from somebody who also has adopted is you have to learn that there's a difference between discipline and punishment. Mm -hmm. And so I may have punished my older children and then when I adopted my youngest learned went to uh punish or discipline instead discipline. of punishment. yes yep so exactly so they had a parenting disagreement they did a very big one that was a deal breaker for Bill okay okay he was not he was like spanking is is off limits you know the the, the doctors at the children's hospital say so she's been through enough and Sabrina's like, okay, but here's the problem. She, whoops, see, I talk with my hands. Now I you s- understand how easy it's, it is yeah. to do. I also, just I can understand how one might punch themselves in their own face now. <laughs> yes. See, yeah, that yeah. does happen. I know. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I saw her give herself the black eye, Your Honor. <laughs> so this is, she's like, this is my child. I'm going to do it my way. I will spank her. When I want, and y'all can come and take her away if you want to. And that was kind of her, like, stance, okay? But the license... Oh, no, this is breaking my heart. I know. The licensed therapist... The, blah, 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 blah. the Sandra Mahoney, the play therapist, she really did come in and be, like, a family therapist okay. for them. And was like, no, you know, this really isn't appropriate. And she admitted, Sabrina admitted, I did whip Lauren. CPS didn't like that. She's like, but and when problem, she says whip, she means spank in she the does. southern she terminology of yes. black. I gave her a whooping, I'll not like whooping. I whipped her. Right, with a hand, not with a whip. Okay. Yeah, she was spanking with an open hand. And okay. again, it was probably with a normal child. It wouldn't even merit an investigation. Absolutely not. Right, exactly. But we don't have a typically developing child here. We've got significant trauma. We can't be doing these things, and that's where what Bill's stance was. And so they split up, but. Sabrina's stance is like, I don't know what else to do. She, she's, this is a child who's had no toys. So taking a toys, toys away as a punishment does not work. We've tried time out. Time that, out. She was in a one year you. time out she was, in a closet. She was in an eight year time out practically. I mean, Jesus Christ. Well, you put her in a corner. She but was in a closet. That's exactly what Sabrina says. She's like, that doesn't phase her. She was in a closet for six years. Did she ever learn to enjoy television at that point in time? I think grounding from the television might have been a good idea. Maybe, but I don't, I'm not sure. I really don't know. At this point know. in time, Sabrina, which they may not have known as much then, but it's really probably less about taking something away and putting it in a a reward system you didn't earn absolutely this. but no that stuff that didn't really start to hit good until like 2005 2006 yeah i remember yeah so i'm um, sad it sad news trigger alert here oh. bill cavanaugh did die 
no. of a stroke. Oh, God damn it. Shut I know. Up. This case is horrible. Cowboy Bill died of a stroke. Cowboy Bill died of a stroke. Not a hickey. And how- induced one that I know of. <laughs> Jesus. In December 2003. So right after this? Yeah. She was removed in 2001. This is like within 15 months of adopting her. And they are, they've recently been separated and they because been of this re- big parenting this, issue. Yes. He was 65. Yeah. They were oh they were a little bit older they then. Were an, well, he was. I don't know. I don't know how old Sabrina. Well, I was. didn't mean to be judgmental. She could be in her thirties, sitting here eleven years younger than my husband. So yeah, it happens. Good, good for him. I, I know he's a lucky man. <laughs> I was gonna say good for you, that but son of a bitch. Good for him. He's a lucky man. So, so he dies. I don't like he that. Does. He does die, and Lauren. But Lauren remembers him and remembers really fond memories. Obviously, with him. she referred to him. Yes, yes, and she does remember them fighting as well about the spanking stuff, but she prefers to just remember the fishing trips, the feeding llamas, because they lay, they raised llamas. Llamas. Yeah. They, they did llamas. I they love did. llamas. Llamas oh. are the unicorn of the 2020s. I didn't know that. Yeah, if oh. you have, if you had girls, oh, you would know. That's why the fuck the I don't know. Rainbows and sparkles and unicorns have become llamas or llama corns. I see. Nope, didn't know. You learn something new every day. They would do breakfast runs to Dairy Queen on Saturday mornings. So she remembers all that stuff. She said that she cried a lot when he died but because he was a good guy. And her relationship, which I think is very normal for the the mother-daughter relationship, has been hot and cold. You know, there were times where she would say, you're meaner than the mean mom. Which obviously wasn't true, but we, right. as teenage girls, say very hurtful we things do. to our mothers we sometimes. We do, And Sabrina's like, yeah, that one hurt. That yeah. one hurt. Ouch. <laughs> yep, but the same time, I'm, I'm trying to teach her boundaries and guidance here. Um, she struggles to feel love. She struggles to understand it, let alone display it, of course, because it took a long time or this took a long time for Sabrina to understand because she, you know, she's going to always struggle with interpersonal relationships. Think about it. Of course she's going to. She doesn't trust anyone. And Why does she even she? like to be touched at this point? No, right. Exactly. No, she still struggles with that so as well. So she's probably so going to make, throwing this out there, some inappropriate choices later in her life when it comes to intimacy or yeah, that type of, are you, why are Did you, you It's like you could fucking read my notes. We'll get to it, I'm honey. Highly perceptive, Charnel. We'll get to it, and you make this face. I know. I can't hide. If you had wrinkles, there would be one right in the <laughs> between your eyebrows. You're so sweet. I'm sure you can see it. No, I can't. The lighting in here is fantastic. Willie, the wrinkle comes out a lot, but Willie, Willie, yeah. I call mine Ida. Oh. Mine, of course, has to be something phallic related. I don't even know why I went with Willie. I'm sorry, people. Especially since it's on your forehead. <laughs> says something about I who I am. I mean, I love you. <laughs> so does my husband. That's all that matters. <laughs> I'm going to go back again to his lucky man. <laughs> and, he's, and she says all this while I'm staring at a kangaroo scrotum sack that has not left the table for two episodes, so... I am who I am, and I can't be sorry for it. Don't be. Own it. So I will say that Lauren struggled. Another, well, let me back up. Another thing that Sabrina struggles with is that Lauren does have cognitive difficulties, and she always will. And this was hard for Sabrina to accept. She really thought that she was going to grow out of this. And they kind of told her at the hospital, treat her like she's normal. Yep. 
Absolutely. So like her brain is normal. Yep. She's she is a very bright girl. She was able to go to school. She started kindergarten when she was eight, but she did graduate when she was like nineteen. Okay. okay, which is an amazing feat. School, most of the time when she first started, she did get teased a little bit about being a little bit older, but most of the parents and the kids knew that she had been through something, so there was some compassion there, but as they became teenagers, you know, that can kind of fall by the wayside. Um, people forget that terrible things happen to other people and decide to be assholes to them instead. Absolutely. She gets anxious, still does to this day, when food isn't nearby. And any time that she's alone, she gets anxious, or when there's country music on the radio. Uh, she struggles with her mental health. Uh, tragically, she was raped by a cousin's husband when she was 12. <sighs> oh, my God. So what happened is in August 2005, Sabrina let Lauren sleep over with her niece and her husband and their two young boys. The next morning, the niece's 24-year-old husband, Jesse Bass, invited Lauren out to the family's barn where he sexually assaulted her. He was sentenced to 13 years in prison for aggravated sexual assault of a and child. castration? <laughs> no, they did not sentence him to castration, but can we bring it back, please? Well, you're not legally allowed to, but this is Texas. Yes. I had high we? hopes. I know. Is there a brand of so, some kind? They Oh, that'd be amazing, like right at the tip. Oh, oh, God, that yeah. was way more. I like that. I was going to go with scrotum. Nope, just... we're going to tip brand it. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's I think it's appropriate. Sure, now we'll be running for office in <laughs> Texas. <laughs> I, we'll announce later. Elect me because I, I vote for tip branding for every sexual predator, male sexual predator, female sexual predator. We'll find something, too, that's equally as horrific. There's some type of a cork somewhere. Sure is. So he also had possession of child pornography, this man, right. this uh, Jesse Bass man. So strange. The, yeah. the alleged first time he committed a com criminal sexual conduct, there was also child sexual abusive material as well. Right. Found. Yep. Mm -hmm. So his wife received probation because she knew her husband had child pornography in their house, but did not report it. She was totally okay with having this girl over, her niece over. Yep. She knows yeah. what has happened. Yep, to. and knows that her husband has child pornography and is into child pornography. Let's her take him or let's him take her to the barn. Yeah. Okay. Perfect victim. Yep. Yep. But she told. She did. She did. So actually, Sabrina's like, listen, I blamed my niece a bit because I mean, I blame myself mostly, but I also did blame my niece because sure. she absolutely knew. She said, you know. People think that I'm really strict, but and they're entitled to their opinions, but leave me to my opinions. Like, how she is raising Lauren is for her own protection, she said. She said, in the, in the months after being abused by Jesse Bass, Lauren felt more and more hopeless. She began keeping a razor blade under her mattress. Oh. Little by little, she'd pull it out across her wrist, and she often thought to herself, just a little deeper, and it would all be over. So was she a cutter? Well, she became one because the flashbacks started to consume her. Okay. From her childhood. Yep. And super um, normal with the cutters, too, because they're exercising okay. control, and it does not always mean that they're suicidal. Absolutely. And it's interesting that you say that because the counselors start to talk to, to Sabrina about that. Like, all she needs is control. 
Yeah. She's feeling out of control and she needs that. So she we need to adjust her, things yeah, right? to make her, let her feel like she is in control. So she would often make statements saying that she wished that she was dead and things like that. So they kept her in. I mean, she was in therapy this whole time. Then twice in school, you know, the school counselors noticed the the cuts on her arms. She did get into a couple of fights. So they did refer her to the juvenile behavioral center and one afternoon in that behavioral center, she actually attacked a girl in the high school in the hallway. And so they put her in the alternative school for a year. For one assault? Yes, and the cutting. And then... Oh. I know. And then she got three months of residential therapy at Meridel Achievement Center in Austin, which actually the residential therapy really helped her. Sure. So that was really good because sometimes when you hear about residential, Megan. I know. I've heard some of your podcasts. Yes. It's... When I read that, I was like, oh, no, not Lauren, too. But it actually helped her learn that she's not alone. Okay. Yep, emotionally. Because at that time, emotionally, she was feeling like she was the only person in the world that had ever, like, been through shit. God, there weren't a lot of people that had been through the same stuff as her. No, no. But when she went to residential, she realized other people had been sexually abused. Yes. Other people had been physically abused. And she um, was quoted in an article saying, I looked at these kids and thought, yeah, maybe mine was worse, but they went through some stuff too. It took two years after the sexual assault when she was 12 for her to really open up, but she did um, start to, you know, kind of talk more openly about it. And that's when the therapist started to narrow in on this issue of control of like, this is how we help her get through this. Okay. We help her feel like she is in control. They explained to Lauren, like, you have the control to either live or die at this point in time. You know, she was feeling suicidal and all of those things. And she chose to live. Her life was not easy. There was a story about um, her prom date. She got all dressed up. She's not like a dress. She does not like to wear dresses. Okay. That's not her style. She's not a girly girl. Nope, not her style. But she did put on a dress, but her prom date did not show up. Oh, Really? Yes. yes. Fuck him. I know. I'm so mad. I know. I know. And then she, her mom had had this big birthday party for her when she was turning 20, and she had invited some schoolmates, and no one showed up. Uh, I know. So it's just these these just constant struggles and people, like, letting her down. I yeah, feel, her whole know. life. Yep. She was also arrested in 2018 as you were – Kind of alluding to earlier when you said that this could lead her to make some bad choices sure. in life. In 2018, she was arrested for sexually assaulting a 14-year-old girl herself. This is according to CBS News. And she was found unfit to stand trial. And she was ordered to be committed to a mental health institution, which she was. How old was she again? Um, in 2018, she was born in 1993. So at that point in time, she's an adult. Okay. So the 14-year-old girl is, does it say how the relationship was So she's there? 25 at that point in time. No. But I, somebody she had access to. Yeah. I did not look into that okay. particularly. But they found her unfit or at least they did. what and we she, would call not criminally responsible or not competent. Yes. Because of her cognitive difficulties. Okay. Yep, and severe trauma, obviously. Um, so she could not stand trial. She was ordered to be committed to the mental health institution, which she was... And through it all, Lauren has tried to learn from her tragic experience. She told the Dallas Morning News, I don't want to be like my parents. 
that's my focus. I have that fear of turning out like them because every day I feel it. I have that rage inside me like my mother. The only difference is I'm trying to control it. So that's how I'm going to end this. She is 20 today. She would be 29. She's 29 years old. There's not a whole lot about her in the news. She's just living her life. So, And we're looking at within the next decade, yes. potentially. Her 2031. Her parents released. could potentially get parole. Okay. When she's 30. She'll be 38 at that point in time. If that does happen. Yeah. Well, I wish her the best of luck. What a life. Right? Right? Yeah. What a but that's a hell of a freaking survival story for you right there. Yeah, you kind of smacked me with your kangaroo sack. I really really did. Welcome to Crime Curious. It's a Here's, pleasure. Uh-huh. I'm sure it's been a wonderful time for you. No, it has. It it, <laughs> it has been nice. It was an in- interesting perspective, but a, a hell of a case, Charnel. I know. I know. I'm sorry that I I saved the I've been telling my listeners cuz I've been doing some um, well, as you know, you're a Patreon, so you hear them before everybody else does. Yes, but I stalk you. You know, I've been doing some kind of like more lighthearted like type things because the deep dives that I've got coming up, this one, another one, and then a third one after that are all two-parters and they are gnarly. So after that, it's going to be like close to October-ish. I've got to do something like spooky and fun and just cleanse my brain so some bad because stuff. yes because the research lately things. has been whoo just absolutely kicking me in the tits right. mm, really really has What's liar liar punching so. those things like sugary yeah exactly <laughs> that's what's been happening over here but let me end you on a brain bath a brain bath Yay, yes, more cleansing. So this was actually brought to my attention because of a, an episode, a previous episode that I did about our, our little Nacho Vidal, the, oh. the adult film entertainer who was arrested, and we're still waiting for his trial. If it's you haven't listened to that morning. episode, listen to that episode. This is the 10 most insane arrests of adult film stars. I've only read a couple, so I'm going to cold read some of these because I think that getting my genuine reaction and your genuine reaction could be fun. Oh, yes. And we're going to get, see, this is where we need a handler. Yes, because we'll get out of control. Okay. (laughs) Thank God for edit. Yes, yes. I will. I will be appropriately editing what I need to. (laughs) Please tell me. Tell me about adult film stars. All right. So adult film actress Lisa Pysaski, who goes by the screen name, screen name Tori Lane. Oh, I love that. Wait, do you think that's like Victory Lane? First of all, do you mean to tell me Tori Lane, that wasn't her birth that's name? That's not her birth name. Did you know porn what? stars don't use their birth names? Oh, is this the road thing and the dog thing? <laughs> tell me your porn star name. Oh, middle name and the road you grew up on. D. Watson. Oh, fuck, What's that's yours? Good. Oh yeah, Renee Dobson. Renee Dobson. So true story. Amber and I were legitimately going to start a podcast using the name we grew up on and our middle names. So you were doing porn car porn star podcast. Yes, prior. Yes, and we were we couldn't figure out exactly what we wanted it to be about. But I was D. Watson and she was Mariah Dimmers. Oh, fuck. That's a good name, too. I know. Then we went on a camping trip with friends, and the whole we got them in on it. And the entire weekend, we were calling each other by their middle name and name they grew up on. My husband is Scott Hillsdale. Oh, I like that. perfect because, like, 
it, it just sounds like a mayor Wait, name. I said your middle name in there. Have you heard the one, too, that's supposed to be your first pet's name? No, I've Rogi not Rupa. heard that. That makes me Buffy Dobson, by the way. Mine is Mama Kitty Watson. Mama Kitty Watson. <laughs> Why do you sound like you own a brothel? I know. Going over to Mama I've Kitty's said tonight. That. I've said I want to. I want to call it Stiletto. That's my brothel name. I love it. It's a great one. I love how we just I mean, have you know, these I'm, plans. And, you and now I'm going to be Mama Kitty Watson. Mama Kitty Watson at Owner Stilettos. At Stilettos. Go see Mama Kitty over at Stilettos. So, Holy shit, let's make this a thing. You should. And I also feel like you've watched a lot of Magic Mike. No. Well, I mean, I have watched it. When when you say a lot, do you mean 50 times or more? Yeah. Yeah, because under 50 is actually still within a normal yeah, range. Yeah, I'm, I'm within the norm. Then I'm within, I'm pushing my boundaries, but I'm within the norm. This is not to imply that women only like abs because dad bods are in right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I do a dad bod regularly. It's right. fine. <laughs> Does Matt <Very> know? <laughs> Oh my God! You read me the porn star. Are we off track. I See, can't. we did. We, we did. off track. We need handlers. I said but I needed seriously, one. Seriously, can we start a podcast? I'm D Watson. What's yours? Renee Dobson. Renee Dotson. Dotson. Dobson. Dobson. Oh, I know where that is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm Renee Dobson. I'm D Watson. Oh, what are like we bringing it. the people? We got to bring them something juicy. I don't know. Oh God, think about it. Okay. So, yeah, so Tori Lane, here she is. She is starred in a lot of adult movies, apparently, and she has contracts with a lot of several, a lot of film companies. She began her porn career at 20. Who hasn't? I mean, I mean, that's when you got to do it. You still look good. I'm man. not going to break in at, eight, at 38, I can tell you Wait, that. Wait, are you meaning to tell me that I'm not, like, rocking the porn star bot at 45? Could. You could. Uh, there is a genre for everything. If oh, Grant, no, let's not go there. Listen. <laughs> There is a genre for everything. If you compare me to any type of granny pornography at this point in time, I, I am gonna. leaving. I wasn't going to compare you. I oh, was okay. simply stating that there is grandma porn out there. Awesome. Not that that's the part that you're for. Thank you're you. you're for the the you're the milf. You're in the milf category. Oh god, that's great. Yeah, yeah. there's right. milf porn. It's fine. Okay. So I've heard. Anywho, we should move on. Um, I hope that stands for man. I like fudge because I'm hungry right now. Go ahead. Fudge does sound good. Man, I like fudge. Yep. So listen, I think she's kind of my hero. Kind of not. And oh, I mean, that makes me sound bad. I would not actually assault anyone unless they had it coming. But she was charged with battery in January 2015 for becoming inebriated on an airplane. So far, I'm seeing nothing, nothing wrong, wrong or illegal. Right. She was traveling from Atlanta to L.A. Okay. Long flight. She, she then became belligerent. All right. All right. A long, like you said, long flight. Who hasn't been belligerent and on she's an airplane? Drinking. Absolutely. But then she assaulted flight attendants and passengers in her severely drunken state. And she had to be physically restrained. 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 <laughs> Are you joining? That was D. Watson, what everybody. What just happened? She had to be physically restrained for the last hour of the flight. Oh, uh, my God. And then she attacked the police who were called in to help these poor flight attendants take her from the plane 
And the witnesses said that when she was removed from the aircraft, she was fighting everyone every step of the way. I mean, she stood her drunken ass ground. Do we know why she was fighting anybody? I think she was just angry at the world. I mean, she was drunk and belligerent. Okay. Yeah, there was no actual reason. It's just that it was a long flight. And, you know, she Maybe had, she had some time to reflect about her life choices. I think she had just taken it a lot that week and was over people. Oh. She was just over it. And you mean taken it a lot? Like, yeah, like... She's I, had a lot to handle. Did you just say that? We're talking about a porn star. I actually didn't mean to I make t- it sound like that. She had taken a she lot She had taken a week. lot that week. <laughs> I was more so empathetic to her because I have dealt with assholes all day. Not in the same way she deals with assholes. Oh, oh my God. It just gets (laughs) better. The metaphoric assholes for me. Right. Today. You don't even know the assholes I've had to deal with this week. (laughs) That's how I felt. When she says it, it means something totally different. Yes. Yeah, I'm so, oh, so sorry, baby girl. I did not mean to make it sound like that. I just well, think Lane, she was like over we, people's shit, you we know? We hope you have a more pleasant flight. I bet she flew spirit. That's how I if feel. Spirit. For sure. <laughs> angry at the world. Yes, you I'm always angry. fucking fly Delta. Yes. Nobody gets I drunk know. and mad on no, Delta. They're they happy. Don't. They're happy and comfortable. Yes. They are comfortable. Right. I agree. So I, I feel for her because I just think she was just caught off guard in a bad, having a bad day. Just having a bad day. And, she, and, she and people, over-served. the media took advantage of the fact that she was a porn star. You know, she had worked hard to make a career for herself. Oh, couldn't they have she just had a said, rough day and they had to publicize it. Actress. Right, right. Uh, enter, adult entertainment performer. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. But this one, now this one gets me, it's a little different. 2017. Okay. Dakota Sky. Oh, the, y- yeah. Oh, see? that girl. You know her parents named her that too. I love <laughs> right. that. It's Sky with an E at the end of when it. When your too. last name is Sky, you Sky. have to be Sky with an E. Dakota. She and her boyfriend ended up in an argument that escalated to domestic violence after an entire afternoon of lovemaking. Really? Well, that just sounds lovely, though. Well, I'm, I'm like, so why didn't you just make up and make more love? Right. Well, what happened is after they finished their bedroom activities... And this wasn't a work, right? It wasn't like I don't know videoed. if the camera was involved oh. or not. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't mention it. Her man, Robert Andrew Jr., asked her to go home. Because she wouldn't get off her damn phone. And so she decides that she's comfortable on his couch on her phone and she refuses to leave. So an argument ensues where Dakota, whose real name is Lauren Kane Scott, which actually isn't a bad porn star name, really. You got three regular names. Like, you're either a serial killer or a porn star. I like it. Me too. Hey. So Lauren Kane Scott, she slapped Robert in his mouth, leaving him with a split lip. So he called the cops. She bloodied him lip right up. She did. She had to have hit him harder during sex. But since it wasn't during sex, now it's domestic violence. You and I both know that there's consent. and There is. He did was- not. He did not consent to that mouth slap. So she in trouble. I'm sure she was just posting their previous activities on I her website. Wonder, like, why wouldn't she get off she's, her phone? She's on her phone uploading, going, baby, I'm still working. Mm-hmm. I'm still working. I'm uploading from earlier. How do you think these bills get paid? That's right. Well, you write Let's, a check. For sure. <laughs> so come on. Right. Work with me here. I know. Let's see. Oh, I didn't know about this for Gem and Jamison. 
Jenna? Actually, Gemma. Gemma? Gemma? Oh, Gemma. Perhaps the most famous and well-known actress in the adult film industry is Gemma Jameson. It's because of Tito. Yeah, yeah. I can't say as though I've ever seen any of her work, but I do know who she is. Right, because she's arm candy for Tito Ortiz. Yeah, yep. So she retired from making films a decade decade ago and is now the mother of twin boys. Right. Um, But she had troubles with illicit drugs in the past, which, okay. She has starred in hundreds of adult films and, you know, Howard Stern's movie, Private Parts. Okay. Um, In 2013, she was arrested on battery charges for an incident in California while she was out partying. Partering. Partying. Yeah, she was partering. Partering. (laughs) You know, as one does. We all like to parter. We do. In Newport Beach. And she assaulted a person who then performed a citizen's arrest on her. I didn't know that Gemma Jameson was citizenly arrested. So, can you imagine, first of all, that guy was a fan. <laughs> For sure. Right? He was He was placing her under arrest very, I would think, handingly. Like, ma'am. Ma'am, let me grab your I'm placing shoulders. you under arrest yeah. for assault. I'm going to need you to put your hands mm-hmm. at uh, 11 and 2 on the walls. <laughs> I like the right one off a little. And then make sure that the feet are spread. Right. I mean, he's going to be real thorough. For sure. Hands above your head. Well, tied up. Yes. He so was, a police state? officer did come and book her for battery, though. Okay. Yeah. She was so released on her own recognizance. Gemma was le- legitimately Apparently assaulting she was assaulting. Or... Just battery. Yeah. I feel like. Battery. She was probably. What does that mean? Judge, tell me. Battery's a physical touching. Okay, so she was physically touching someone yeah. non-consensually. Correct. So okay. assault is simply being put in fear of an immediate battery. Okay. Okay, so you'd be charged with assault assault and battery. Battery is the actual physical touching. Okay, Un- so she. Unwanted touching. She was unwantingly touching somebody on Newport Beach and. Then a citizen's arrest ensued. All I keep thinking of is our male friends thinking, who gets unwantedly touched by this James? Exactly what I was thinking. I'm just too. waiting for the comments Prob- now. Possibly another a woman. woman? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And the citizen arrest was probably this chick's like significant other or something who's he's like, Aren't no. you gonna do something? No, he didn't care. <laughs> He didn't care. He's I would, videotaping right. it. Right. It would be it would be me and I would be the one saying, You are under arrest for touching me without my permission. <laughs> I am citizenly I'm, arresting you. Right. <laughs> Who does that? I just call nine one one. You just call the police. I know. There uh, you know, I have a friend that I used to work with, as a matter of fact. He posted on Facebook at like a uh, I think it was a Michigan State game. He was like, oh. just participated in a citizen's arrest. Like, oh. Cool. You know, I'm a Sparty fan, and we get a little crazy at the game. I'd say a little bit sometimes. Furniture gets burned, and yeah, things happen. Also, I don't know what the story is about, but I just saw this guy's selfie and was like, you couldn't have oh. done anything too bad. <laughs> Hi, doll. You know, that's... Hi, doll. His name is Bruno Knight. So. Of course it is. His real name is Philip Grizzly. Oh, no, <laughs> Philip. Stop it. I want to call him Bruno, too. <laughs> Why? Why couldn't he just use his regular name for his porn name, Philip Grizzly? Can you imagine? Like, nobody's going to watch those with those names. But, oh, Philip, uh, yes. <laughs> all, of our, all of our dreams are shattered. 
He's a British gay porn star. Oh, we'll, we'll never have a chance with Bruno. I guess. <laughs> right. God damn it. All the good ones. <laughs> no. Oh, God. All right. Well, on that note, hopefully you guys ended with a little bit of a chuckle after that horrific case. But that's why you're here. You like to hear shit like that. So you're as weird as we are. And you only have yourselves to blame. That's right. I warned you ahead of time. Um, if you want more content, feel free to go over to patreon.com slash crime curious. You can join my Patreon group. The link for it is also posted in the show notes. And if you would like to see pictures of the cases that I cover or just interact with me, because sometimes I post funny shit too, uh, follow me on the social medias. Actually following me helps me get out there as well too. So if you aren't in a place where you can join Patreon or you just don't want to, that's cool. But follow me on social media. That helps too. You have to follow. Yeah, There's funny fun. things. There you le- funny you things. learn things. It's educational. It is educational. Yes. Learn all kinds of things that you may or may not have ever wanted to know, but that's all right. And yeah, keep it curious, guys. Thanks for listening. And I'll uh, be in your ear holes again next week. So until next time, bye-bye. bye-bye.